Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of Chillin' in the State House. We have our license to chill and we are ready to podcast. I'm Andrew Ball, one half of the Topeka Capital Journal's State House team. I'm joined by my better half, Jason Tidd. Jason, how are you, sir? Doing well. Uh, for now, we're about to have a very busy week here under the dome. Yeah, it will be a not very chill week. Right, John? It will not be chill. Although, if, if you we have a license to chill, does that make you double O chill? Is that <laughs> shaken, not stirred, or yes? We, yeah, we have an open carry permit for chill. Yes. That, that voice you hear. We, we, we have the, uh, what is it, the AR-15 of chill. Mission chill possible. Yes, yes, yes. James Bond over here is John Hanna, the Associated Press. Hey, John, Andrew. Good to have you on. Even on your day off, you still yes. came in to podcast. That is dedication. Happy President's Day to yes, uh, yes. All Let's to, uh, happy all birthday, Mr. President. Um, you know, this is the day we celebrate uh, such luminaries as Millard, Fillmore, and Chester A. Arthur. <laughs> but of course, the legislature was in action today. They did not observe a holiday. I, yeah. Why do they hate Abraham Lincoln and George Washington so much? What, what, do you, what do you think about that, if you've got a theory? Uh, all the legislators who listen to this, and I know, we, we know it's there are joke. some... Uh, uh, reach out to John Hanna <laughs> at APJD it's, Hanna. It's a joke. It's a joke. We used to get speeches about. Uh, there was a senator from Wichita who was chairman of the tax committee, uh, Les Donovan, and he, uh, at least once that I can remember, probably more than once, uh, would give an. Uh, would got up and gave an encomium to Ronald Reagan. Um, Great word. As that, that is. That's more than an SAT and, word. That's and like a former GRE. Senate I, Minority I Leader. Because I don't know if that is a positive or a negative. It's a positive thing. thing. He had. He thought. Uh, he described Ronald Reagan as one of the greatest presidents ever. That led to, I think, Anthony Hensley, the then Senate Minority Leader. I think he gave a tribute to Franklin Delano Roosevelt and Derek Schmidt, the former Attorney General who was then Senate Majority Leader. Then felt compelled to uh, talk about lesser presidents. <laughs> like lesser prairie chickens? Like lesser prairie chickens. Well, as the guys alluded to, not a very chill week, so we got to get it out while we can. And maybe a good place to start is looking back at kind of the big news from last week. We had a triumvirate of bills in the Senate Public Health and Welfare and House Education Committees 
that were looking at um, transgender rights, I guess, for lack of a better um, They were pushing term. back against transgender rights. We had um, legislation, which we've seen, this is the third session in a row we've had it, banning transgender athletes in girls' and women's sports. We had a bill in Senate Public Health and Welfare that would um, ban doctors. They, they could lose their medical license if they provide, or actually would be required to lose they their medical license. They could be license. subject to lawsuits, and the state medical board would have to take their licenses away if they provided gender-affirming care to anyone, to minors. And then we had a women's, so-called women's bill of rights that would um, basically say that uh, in the eyes of the state, you are you are whatever sex you were assigned at birth. For basically, it birth would certificates be, for vital statistics, and and for those who forgot their sixth grade or seventh grade health lesson, a woman, girl. A female would be defined as somebody with a reproductive system designed to produce ova, and male boy men would be somebody with a reproductive system designed to fertilize that ova. Bold that you assume that three men sitting at a podcast table paid attention during sex ed. I'm I'm hearing the boom chicka boom chicka <laughs> music from the the seventies. Not so. Uh, not so good films coming coming back here. <laughs> so, Jason, this is kind of a trend we've seen across the country. This is certainly a trend we've seen in recent years more in the legislature. But um, maybe can you give us a little bit of the backstory, kind of on where we've been on the issue of of trans rights? Because it we saw it a lot during the campaign <laughs> last year, and uh, it seems like this is a continuation of some of that. Yeah, uh, Republicans definitely campaigned on this, thinking it was a winning issue for them. Uh, They had tried twice previously uh, to get a transgender, uh, like banning transgender athletes uh, bill through the legislature, and then the governor vetoed it, and they were unable to override that veto, Uh, and it gave Republicans something to campaign on during campaign season. We saw uh, not necessarily moderate Republicans, but Republicans who on this issue sided with Democrats either lose primaries or leave the legislature. So while Republicans have lost a few seats in the House, the Republicans who are there are more conservative. At least as a we, whole. we believe that to be the case. And there are new members we don't know how they're going to vote potentially. So there's some unknowns. So but. the probably the most of interest piece of this going forward is seeing how close they are to that two thirds majority. Well, and and uh, you know we'll we'll start with the uh, the 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 ban on transgender athletes and girls and women's sports K through twelve college uh, club sports um, that it's called the uh, Fairness in Women's Sports Act. The argument of supporters is that it's not fair to um, cisgendered girls and women that uh, transgender girls and women compete in their sports because of the the argument is they have uh, physical advantages um and you know the issue the issue here is that well clearly 
clearly just in a general in a political sense what republicans are doing is they're keeping their uh conservative base energized or stirred up um and then they're hoping to peel away voters who are moderately sympathetic to very sympathetic to democrats on other issues on on a cultural issue and they're trying to frame they're, they're framing this as a as a matter of common sense and leaving aside that argument you know the the interesting thing is there are a few high profile examples leah thomas university of pennsylvania in swimming I believe a couple of runners uh in connecticut won championships and and there's a lawsuit over that but in talking with the the transgender rights advocates um if there are more than two or three and there may the discussion was that they may have know they may know of only one uh transgender girl competing in high school sports in kansas and and you know there's a question about whether it's sports or other extracurricular activities the number here is very very small and and so that's that's part of the equation here whether it's whether you know it's it's necessary to do a state law um on something that arguably could be handled by school individual schools and sporting associations of course the supporters argue no there needs to be a statewide policy and you know john you had mentioned how uh it was cases elsewhere that were cited i mean it was the the proponents who testified on this bill were largely out of state at least the people who were speaking from personal experience well and and we had in in the senate public health and welfare committee there were two young women who said who told stories of undergoing gender basically they were transitioning to be male and live as male um in their teens and then they decided to detransition and they told you know stories about having medical problems and one of them one of the young women was from california and i believe the other one was from north carolina if i'm remembering correctly and they um the the young woman from california has been has testified in multiple states on on these bans on medical care and the and, university of kentucky swimmer who you may remember riley Gaines, from, yes uh, the multiple, multiple. tv ads <laughs> yeah. in october uh, was she returned to Kansas for the definite for the so-called women's bill of rights and of course the 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 thing about that bill is it in making a definition of male and female that of course has implications for things like would transgender people be able to change their birth certificates would they be able to change their driver's licenses well and, and also, of course a whole you know facilities yeah. set aside specifically for women um, would be set aside for cisgendered women, probably, and not transgender women could not be in those facilities. Right, like we have transitioning inmates in the in the state correctional system who are transitioning and have been moved to Topeka Correctional Facility, the state's women's prison. They would be moved out of under this bill would be moved to to different facilities. Um, also, locker rooms, like yeah, locker to. rooms was a big big discussion but i want to go back to the gender affirming care bill for a moment because i think that's kind of an interesting issue this was a bill that was introduced last session but i think it was viewed as more of a 
it, w- it was not a bill that even got a hearing last yeah. session. It was not a bill that got much traction. I don't want to say it was a fringe bill, but it was not something that really was ever viewed as a had a serious chance of passage. And now we've moved kind of in the intervening two years from just beyond the transgender athletes debate to where this bill really does have movement and seems like it will has a decent chance of getting a, a vote on the floor of the Kansas Senate. Um, I think maybe that says a little bit kind of about how things have changed in the last couple of years. Well, I mean, one of, not just in Kansas, but nationally in Kansas and nationally. And, and obviously one of the huge, huge differences in Kansas is that the, the longtime executive director of equality, Kansas, Tom Witt retired and as did the state's first and only transgender, openly transgender. Yeah. Actually, Stephanie Byers is actually now in Texas, uh, with her spouse taking care of her mother-in-law and actually has joined Equality Texas. I talked to her last, maybe last week or the end of the week before about all of these issues. So, and uh, yeah, there just seems to be a lot of legislation across the country on the subject. And um, it's, it's, it is an interesting trend. I mean, the LGBTQ rights advocates are really pretty worried about it. I mean, the the so-called Women's Bill of Rights, the, the legal definition of male and female, they really do see that first as legally erasing transgender people. Just they, they would have no legal existence, the argument is. And, of course, we're not even getting to... Uh, recognize that there are intersex people and non-binary folks. And we just, you know, part of this is this interesting discussion of gender and sex being different things and gender sometimes being viewed as a, a social construct and sex being more about biology. Um, and, you know, if you wanted to get philosophers and biologists and a lot of people you could have a you could have a three-day conference where people would argue about all those topics and the the gender affirming care issue kind of i think boils down to you know because this bill would just be for minors you know whether young people are kind of cognizant and can lean into that kind of nuance opponents of the bill say you know that that you know when you're a young person, kind of whether you are yeah, I, experiencing I have, gender dysphoria. And- in, 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 in talking with transgender men and women, um, you know, they talk about having a pretty strong inkling, very young, that they, they are not in, in the right, who they are is not reflected in, in the body they have that, I mean, you, I mean, I, I talked to, um, uh, a, a, an activist in Topeka named Luke Ben Simone. And he said that while, because of his uh, pretty conservative religious upbringing, he resisted, 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 um, being, uh, he's a he's a transgender man he said you know my mother talked about how when i was young i got into trouble at school for all this stuff that boys get in trouble for and he you know it was like i kind of always knew so uh, that there's that and then of course 
the young woman from North Carolina said she'd kind of been encouraged to think of herself as transgender by the LGBTQ community. And we should say research, not to discount the experience of those two women, but research does say that folks who experience regret on transitioning is very rare. It's less than 1% of all people who do this. And, you know, the the opponents of the bill point out that oftentimes gender affirming care is really a big piece of, of preventing suicidal ideation, mental health problems in, in transgender youth. Well, not all of the people who regret transitioning went through irreversible. Right. There are kind of, there are gradations to gender affirming care. You have, Hormone therapies that you can stop and are reversible. Puberty blockers. And then you have, you know, more, I think people probably think of when they think of this type of care, which is you get into surgery, which is obviously more Well, and, and, and even, even if you're, for example, a transgender woman, you may not have a surgical intervention. Sure. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and, and it's just... I am struck by how when I was, for example, in high school, you know, none of this was discussed. This was not a topic. I mean, um, I mean, I guess vaguely you knew of, uh, you know, one or two famous people who had had, uh, who had transitioned from male to female and, you know, it wasn't transitioning then. It was, you know, sex change uh, surgery. And, of course, that term is way, way, way out of use and for various reasons. And, um, you know, then somewhere around 2000, there was a court case in Kansas where a transgender woman married a man. He died and left her the estate. And his son challenged it. And the ultimate, I think the ultimate, there was a court of appeals ruling that upheld her getting the estate. And then I think the Kansas Supreme Court went the other direction uh, because, you know, the argument being she wasn't at the time, same sex marriage wasn't legal. And, you know, the issue being if the state viewed it as a matter of her, what she was assigned at birth, then she was still male and therefore the marriage could not have been legal. Jason, th- thinking about these bills, where does the governor come down? We've, we've seen kind of where she's landed on the transgender athletes ban, but how about some of these other bills? Well, uh, you know, the governor doesn't tend to respond to questions straight up will you support this bill or will you veto this bill uh we we have learned that uh, her go-to is typically i have not read the bill so i can't answer that uh instead what was asked this most recent time was what kind of message do these bills send and uh she does not like the message that the bills send to people in Kansas and people outside of Kansas. And in the past, uh, with her emphasis on economic development and her re-election campaign, uh, she has sometimes tied in these socials, social issues to what it could mean economic development-wise. 
right? The, the companies that wouldn't want to move to Kansas, the companies that wouldn't want to expand within Kansas, the sporting events or conventions yeah. that might be lost, that and, kind of thing. And, and uh, NCAA basketball tournament. I know a few years back, uh, Wichita hosted one of the, uh, was it sub-regionals? Is that what it's called in uh March Madness. NCA uh, speak, yeah. Yeah, uh, and so that was a big piece at that time and why uh, some, uh, even Republicans from Wichita, weren't supportive. Well, and, and uh, North Carolina did a bathroom bill years ago under its uh, under the last Republican governor it had. Under the last Republican it, governor it had, and that sparked a pretty good backlash. Ooh. I mean, so, Ooh, so but it, that it, was it, pre-Trump. That it, was pre-Donald It's safe Trump, to assume though. the governor will veto all these bills if they reach her desk. What we don't know is if they will have two-thirds majorities in both chambers. And if one bill has a two-thirds majority, say the, uh, the athletes bill, does that mean the other bills also have two-thirds majorities? It's conceivable that there might be a Republican out there who votes yes on one bill and no on another. Definitely. And and that's that's possible because the bill on transgender athletes is probably considered narrower. Uh, it also it, it also seems to be a higher priority in the House than the other two, but we'll see if the Senate passes the other two um, what 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 happens. Well, and we are expecting votes on those this week, and this week is turnaround week. And for those of you uh, thinking, turning around, what does that mean? Uh, it's kind of the colloquial term used for the last week in which uh, the legislature has to pass a bill out of its house of origin. So for House Bill 1, that means this is the last week, theoretically, it has to pass out of yeah, the house. Yeah, emphasis on the words word theoretically right. the rules can generally be bent to accommodate things bills introduced in some committees can can pass after this week no problemo but suffice to say it is a busy week it is a week in which the legislature kind of takes seriously the need to finally get into gear and start passing a bunch of big things and in preparation for this last week we saw a testimony on several bills including the transgender related bills be severely narrowed uh, to accommodate time to get through as many people as possible and as many bills as possible uh, and they started boot bills out of committee very uh, quickly. Committees <laughs> doubling up on meetings, having two meetings a day. Yeah, it's it's this is it is a deadline week, and when you know the 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 issue for legislators, the leadership, the committee chairs, is how do you narrow, how do you set priorities and narrow focus, and it always seems to get done a little bit ad hoc. Um, there without. You know, there's no grand. I mean, leadership has its priorities and what's on its agenda, but then you get a lot of bills, and you get some kid committees that are just flooded with bills, and they have to, you know, they have to decide how to do it. And the normal way is to, you know, <laughs> weed out all the Democratic ideas and start with the Republican ones. 
Um, well, and, and Jason kind of alluded to this. The Senate Tax Committee is still getting new bills <laughs> that it's having to make its way through. Yeah, thinking of how uh, leadership kind of decides uh, what happens, the Senate president was testifying in support of a bill uh, hearing this morning in Senate Tax. Which we very well may see on the floor at some point this week, too. It's kind well, of. Well, I'm curious. Uh, what what tax cut was he testing? You know the uh, food sales it was, tax cut? It was not a tax increase. I know that. Well, well it, it kind of could equate to a tax increase. It was a food sales tax cut related, but instead of doing it the current plan, we would exempt only certain healthy foods. That definition taking, taken from WIC, the Women, Infants, Children's Program, and the rest of the foods would still be taxed. Uh, ostensibly, so that way there was there'd be more money from sales taxes to support income tax cuts. Um. So, if I got my uh, if I got my lettuce, that would be exempt, but the Twinkies would not. Well, it gets I, even I, more I'm not granular. Even sure if produce is part of WIC. Uh, I, I'd have to double check. Well, it gets even more granular because like, brown rice would be tax exempt, but white rice would not. And granular, actually, I'm now realizing is a very convenient pun for that. But uh, and, and cereal well, why, is on why? there, but there's no differentiation between cocoa puffs and like honey bunches of oats. Or you know what is it? Uh, all bran um, and milk is on there, but no difference between four percent and skim. Or chocolate and strawberry. Yeah, well, Ooh, we're getting. I want chocolate. We're we're getting into. I mean, you know, we're <laughs> is are are we going to go with a definition that's like the keto diet, all protein and no carbs? Or, I mean, it. it I can see. Yeah, it sounds like it'll be interestingly complex. It would be a surprise to me that produce wouldn't be on the list of tax exempt stump stuff because there has been this concern about food deserts and people in areas not having access to fresh produce. I I think the the motivation is twofold. There's uh, the desire to incentivize healthy eating. Uh, So you tax unhealthy stuff and you don't tax healthy stuff. But do we remember when Michelle Obama was doing her uh, the former first lady was doing her healthy eating initiative, and as a high schooler, as a middle schooler in high school, and, and people thought years, that was. The, I, I remember how my school lunches changed, and people thought that was anywhere from a nanny state to total fascism when that happened. I mean, you know, I, there are folks who are like, "Why is the government telling me what to eat?" I think that that line of argument will definitely be used. But it, it, it frankly sounds like an alternative proposal thrown out there to get a discussion going in, in terms of is there a compromise between keeping the law as it is now, which is a phase out of the food sales tax, and Governor Kelly's proposal embraced by the Democrats to take it to zero immediately. Well, you, you have to think that just eliminating the tax on healthy food wouldn't have a too huge a fiscal note while eliminating the tax on all groceries is roughly 500 million a year well and And when our flat tax plan that we've seen from the kansas chamber comes in at 1.5 billion a year 
rolling back the food sales tax cut would cover a third of that flat tax proposal. Free marketing idea for folks in favor of this. Flatter taxes, flatter stomachs. Indeed. But that's that's why I'm a wordsmith, folks. He's really pleased with himself, Jason. (laughs) Uh, I I was thinking uh, fatter wallet, thinner stomach. Oh, there you go. There you go. We See, should, he we worked. Just... You know, we 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 could be political consultants, couldn't we? If you're interested in retaining the services of Ball, Hannah, and Tid, uh... no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. If you're interested in retaining our services, just subscribe. That is our. There you service. go. Ooh, that's yes. a, that's a good we, segue. We provide information. No, I I I couldn't. I I couldn't be a political consultant at all. Well, well, John, if they want to find your information that you provide, uh, where can people do that? Well, um, on Twitter, it's AP, at APJDHanna. And, of course, uh, on uh, my stories are at www.apnews.com backslash Kansas. Jason and I are uh, our written work, not our political communications work, can be found at cjonline.com, at cjonline on Twitter. You can like us on Facebook and Instagram. And Jason, uh, if they want to follow you in particular on Twitter, uh, where can they do that? At Jason underscore Tid. I am at Andrew Ball, B-A-H-L, on Twitter. And if you want back episodes of Chillin' in the Statehouse... And you do. We're the perfect companions for, you know, the, the, the 3 a, waiting around for the bill to be written at 3 a.m. So they the can hurry have up a and vote. wait moments of the legislature. We're good, we're good companions. Yes. Like, much like Red Roof Inn, we leave the light on for you. Uh, I thought that was... I thought that was... Tom Bodet and I oh, it's Motel Six. Six. It is. Yes. yes. Sorry, uh, they were they were once owned by the same company, so that's why I think I got them confused. But uh, if you want, <laughs> all way of saying if you want back episodes of Chill in the State House, we're at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, anywhere fine podcasts are found. Jason, I don't think you got a Disney reference well, in today. When you were saying, uh, we'll leave the light on for you, I was thinking Lumiere and Be Our Guest. Yes, Be Our Guest. The, the Our legislature guest. will throw open the doors and say, Be Our Guest for this busy week. And we'll be here <laughs> will to uh, bring you coverage of it. I don't know that the legislature passing bills at 1 a.m. screams open government and welcoming people in to observe their business, but... Yeah, that's that's like if you're if you're sleep deprived enough or insomniac enough to be watching online, you can you can watch those one a.m. It, sessions. It's going to be rough if the Senate decides to run the land fossil bill that a bunch of school kids in North Central Kansas wanted, and they do it at like surely one a.m. Surely they will do it before they have to go to those kids have to go to bed at what what grade are those well, kids? Well, in? I don't think they did last year with no, the, they uh, did it. Well, and moreover, that bill was like an inch away from its life from being a vehicle for a gut-and-go. <laughs> yes, which would have been the ultimate lesson for school children, taking a, one of their bills and 
gutting and going, you know? We, yes. we, we uh, didn't follow that bill at every step of its process, but maybe we should have just as a have, chance have to I, explain have I told you what the, goes were. Have I, I, surely I've told the state fish story. <laughs> well, you've told us. I don't think you said it on the air, so we'll close with the state fish. The I think state it's a fish good... is years ago. I'm talking about 22, 23 years ago. Uh, there were classes, there were high school classes that wanted to name, one wanted to name uh, the channel catfish as the state fish, and the other one, I think it was the Topeka Shiner, and they had a hearing, and they had both proposals, and and it was a little tense in the room. The kids were okay, but the teachers were getting tense. And then one teacher referred to the channel catfish as a scum-sucking bottom feeder and suggested that that wasn't worthy of recognition. And the two teachers almost got into a fist fight in the hall. That's, you know... If somebody were to have told you that there'd be a story headlined, scum-sucking bottom feeder out of the state legislature... You wouldn't have guessed it was about a fish, right? Exactly. Ooh, Ooh. but um, all complaints go to Jason <laughs> Ted. I feel like we've all gotten digs in at the transparency of the legislature in this one, so we'll yes. uh, we'll own that as a podcast. Yes, we want them to do things at a reasonable hour in bright sunshine. I prefer not to eat my dinner at work. <laughs> Yeah, I have some bad news for you this week, bud. Yeah, yeah well, the uh, pizza shops near the Capitol will be getting their fair it's, uh, it's Ash. It's Ash Wednesday, the start of Lent know, on Wednesday. And I'm mad. I have to get up at 6.30 to go to Ash Wednesday Mass because I don't know when they're going to be done. This is this is just really turning into a personal gripe session for all of us. We we need to end. Or maybe <laughs> reporters Tuesday complain night. next on Chillin' in the State House. Maybe Let Tuesday me tell you. Maybe Tuesday night will go so long that you won't even need to go home before Ash Wednesday. I've had a few of those. I've had a few of... Don't uh, speak that evil, Ricky Bobby. I, I, I've I had a few where I've been leaving the building and the sun has been coming up. Yep. Okay, well, now that we put that out in the world, we're going to hope it doesn't happen this week. But Jason? Andrew? John? Andrew? Jason? I'll see you here. Uh, we'll all go to the breakfast buffet together when the legislature goes all night. Yes. And we'll, we will record Chilled in the State House then. Yes. Uh, for all of you out there, hope you have a great week. Hope you are not stressed too much by turnaround times. And we will see you right back here later this week for another update. Kind of same time, kind of same place. We'll see. Have a good one, y'all. going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.